podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show. The wait is over. The legendary Jay Bell back in the house. A ton to get into. Propo and I, we've actually done some preparation for this show. We put together six or seven questions that we think will help frame the season so far from the eyes of J-Bell, not to mention the obvious 55 different tangents we go into. And then 57 seconds to wrap things up. It is a jam-packed, fun-filled hour of good old-fashioned football chat coming your way with one of our all-time faves, J-Bell. Let's lock it in. Here he is, gang. The hardest working man in showbiz back in the house. What's up, my brother? Good to talk to you. It is good to see you, man. You know what? I always refer to you as the hardest working man in showbiz. But we've also, in our 57 seconds challenge, which you're going to be doing later on in the show, we've been putting the question to anybody taking the challenge, the best dressed man in sports broadcasting. And J-Bell, you've been getting some votes. Really? You've been ranking on that one, I can tell you. Really? This is cool. I like this. <laughs> You've got fans out there. It's good to see you, man, off the back of NFL London, which, of course, yeah. is a, it's a whirlwind every year, maybe even more so this year with the back-to-back-to-back the -back -back games. How was it for you? Man, it was so cool. You know, I always feed off the energy of the crowd, and I love that this is our moment out here for the UK fan base. It's, it's so important to us, and... and I'm always into watching how the teams feel, the vibe they get from this crowd, from this experience. And we didn't disappoint again. You know, everybody always talks about the game and the matchups. I'm like, man, I care about what the fans are doing. <laughs> I care about how they're responding, how I feel when I walk to the stadium. And each time, man, it was almost, it really was a pinch me moment where it's like, man, I'm involved with this. Mm -hmm. This is crazy. Uh, so, I loved it. Uh, it's a lot of work, but when it's over, I can't believe how much I miss it now. I'm like, yeah. you know, at, at, at the time, you're like, man, this is going to be intense. And now mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, man. What it every week? Yeah, like, you know, oh, man, all right. But I, yeah, it was great. It was, you know, I've talked to you about this before, I know, but, you know, for the benefit of fresh show, fresh listeners, everything else, what is the balance like between particularly live broadcasting, right? So you got live broadcasting, then I guess you've got that live appearance vibe as well. And, you know, you and OC are rock stars. So there's that kind of vibe against playing. Like, is it the closest thing you think you could have found in terms of adrenaline and energy and the Moorishness of it to, to playing? Wow. Anything keeping you near the sport is important as a player. There's nothing like stepping on the field and being in that moment because if you make a mistake on the field there's an opponent right they're, they're trying to take advantage of that and with broadcast especially the people i'm able to work with like yourself everybody's lifting each other up mm -hmm. so even if you make a mistake or something doesn't work out it's like you got your buddy you got your partner to kind of help you through mm -hmm. but it, it is as far as the preparation it's very similar it, I approach this the same way I did when I played. I have a routine of how I gather my information throughout the week, how I break down film, how I 
organize my thoughts to make sure my opinions are 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 being are are that I really make sure that I direct them towards the situation at hand. Like I want to make sure it fits in the narrative of what I'm seeing or what I've seen. Uh, so that preparation is really tough and stringent the same way it was when I played. You know, on that, we were chatting a bit before we started recording, but one of the things you've added to the mix is, is commentating, right? And that doesn't surprise me. Believe it or not, it's almost, almost, getting on for 10 years since we first started working. It's definitely the over five, like the wrong side of five, right? Time is yeah. five. And so, you know, we've done, we've done a, you know, a lot of different things, but, but obviously that was something you've added to, to the mix recently. So, you know, you, you as an analyst, as a co-host, and now as a, as a commentator, as a, as a co-commentator, play by play, co-analyst, uh, how do you find that? How do you find that challenge tackling that was it quite seamless because of the preparation because of your experience or was it a was it a big challenge it was a challenge i had good people around me you know i've i've worked with flesh before on the radio oh yeah of course knew, yeah, yeah yeah i knew how skillful he was like i i, I knew the flow mm -hmm. and a lot of that is how you flow with the person you're working with mm -hmm. uh, that's the thing me and oc have uh that dynamic that's so natural so i understood how that process would be with fletch but it was all about everything I had learned from throughout all of this time and watched and saw people do it correctly. I said, how do I make this my own? How do I want to portray the game? How do I want to narrate what I'm seeing? And I had a plan in my head and I prepared for it, but then it happens, the game. Mm. And it's just like playing, man. You're locked into every single play and you can't flinch. I mean, all I'm doing is I'm preparing so hard for everything, just the same way I did when I was a player. Mm -hmm. All I can do is react to what's in front of me. So I, I have all these knowledge of stuff, right? Because I love <laughs> this game and I love digesting it. But I'm waiting for that opportunity where it makes sense. Yep. And I watched how all of this time I've spent learning the game as an analyst, as a fan, which was different than being a player. Mm -hmm. Now I'm able to say, this is what's happening. This is why. And as a player, I feel like this. And coaches are thinking that. And all this stuff is just coming out. And you've prepared kind of a lifetime for it. Uh, but yet throughout the week, you've got ready and you've got all the information at hand uh, if you have to talk about a specific player or a thing yeah. that's be available for you, you might not use it, but you're ready. It is so much fun. And I enjoyed it because the game flew by. I mean, mm -hmm. it flew by. You know, it's fascinating. I remember early on working with you and that was so clear early on in, in your, in your journey as a broadcaster as well, that you were, you were game ready every time, you know, and yeah. that isn't a given you, you'd assume it is with an athlete, right. But it isn't a given I've worked with a lot of athletes on the football side of things say that think they can just roll into it because they were athletes, right. And it's automatic and you were always on point and preparation is something I think I got, I always say to younger broadcasters out there, those listening who want to get into the, into the business, nothing beats that over prepare because it gives you that sense of calm i always find right that even if you use 20 percent of what you've got outlined you know you're never i remember this one time we were doing it was a basketball playoff finals at the o2 j bell right and 
about, and I'm not exaggerating this at all, about five minutes before we went on air, we had the women's final first and the men's final. So double bill, the BBL final, 20,000 fans of the O2. <laughs> and it was the 30 minute pregame. And you know, the drill, those that, that is surging. Like how those pregames, oh, yeah. you got features, you got interviews, you're kind of locked in 30 minute pregame, five minutes before we go on air, we're told there's a problem with the court and it, the tip off for the women's finals being delayed by an hour. <laughs> we had no VT, no extra VT. We had no nothing. It was an hour and, and not even room to, to discuss it. Like what other than the five minutes we had to discuss, what the hell are we going to do? Wow. And it was moments like that. I thought, thank God I've got, 50 questions here. Yeah. I got them in the bag. That would have been an all-time car crash television if I had to be prepared. So there's not, yeah, preparation is absolutely key, but you've had that from day one. Uh, Jay Bell, it is, um, it is great to see you rolling from strength to strength, man. It is always a pleasure catching up with you. So let's, let's get down to some business, shall we? Let's get down to some business. I think as it's the third, third of the way through the season, something like yeah. that. Yeah. We'll get your report card on a bunch of things. So uh, me and Propo were talking, we fired together some, put together some questions we're going to fire at you. Okay. To get your take on kind of the state of the union so far, proceeding yeah. so far in this crazy old season that is hard to, hard to work out. So you're going to help us break it down a little bit, a little bit. Why don't we start with the team that has surprised you the most so far this season for the right or the wrong reasons. So a team that is, we're sitting there now and you're thinking, man, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Right. I mean, the easy one is the New York Jets because of the injury to Aaron Rodgers. Right. I mean, that's, that's just, that's simple. Before the year, I thought, man, this AFC East, I don't know what's going to happen. They got Aaron Rodgers, defense, boom. So that's the surprise. Mm. That's the easy one. But I'd say number two is my Houston Texans. Yeah, right. You know, C.J. Stroud, they know they didn't miss. They can tell right now. They're like, we got our guy. Mm -hmm. But D'Amico Ryan's coming back, coaching this team. It has an identity. It has a culture. It has a vibe. It has a belief. It has everything that takes a few years to build. And you have a young team with a young coach who is there, who has a long-term contract, he's not going anywhere, and you just see that this, this division, the AFC South, with these three quarterbacks, I mean, Anthony Richardson is hurt now, but you mm -hmm. think of Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Stroud, man, the South is about to be a battle. So I look at what the Texans are becoming, and mm -hmm. the future looks really bright. I, of course, I play a lot of, pay a lot of attention to them because it's my old team, but unexpected in in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's a great shot. I think they must be the, the most left field. You know, it's interesting. You talk about what's happened to the Jets, what, within minutes of their season starting. They put the Texans in the mix as well. Nobody thought they were going to do anything this season, right? Mm -hmm. And then can I throw in the Bucks as well as another team? And I know they lost at the weekend, but the Bucks that everybody wrote off, and I've talked about it a fair bit on the show, how much I think that's a mistake with that veteran defense all sitting there looking that's at That's why I wouldn't have written them off. Right. Uh, Top I mean, bowls and a veteran defense? Come yeah, on. come on. So to, that you kind of get, I guess, the mindset in the locker room there that they're sitting there like, okay, you, you talk all you want, we're, we're good. But what, what happens, what do you think has happened in that Jets locker room and that Texans locker room? So Jets, Rogers going down, come on, they must be thinking 
Zach Wilson, is this our season done? And the Texans, but they've got that kind of back on track now. And the Texans, nobody thought they were going to do much. And they're suddenly in the playoff mix. Like, how is that playing out in the locker room as the momentum builds there, do you think? So when you look at the Jets, first of all, the air got let out of the tire. Mm. I mean, this defense thought, man, we're good. We give the ball back to this guy. We're on our way. So this is when coaching, you got to coach, right? You got to be, you got to be a leader. Uh, it's the culture, all of that. And Robert Sala had to make sure he shifted the paradigm. Like, let, let, like, let's focus in on what we can control. Let's do this. Let's take over as a defense and make this our identity, which they have. Uh, and Zach Wilson has taken the mantle and he's learned a lot. Think about what he's learned from Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So everybody in that, on that team, all the players know this guy has went through the school of hard knocks. Yes, he was the golden child and the chosen one, but then he got kicked down. Now, in the NFL, we want to lift you back up. We don't We don't like when people go down and they're in a tough place, man, the locker room will lift you up, especially mm. if you're a good person. Mm. So you see that on the team, and as a defense, you're seeing them take ownership and say, man, to beat us, you're going to have to do everything right because we're going to play you tough. At this point, three and three, I thought if they had Aaron Rodgers and they were three and three, it'd be good. <laughs> right. It's a good point. Yeah. Right? And they're and, three, they're three yeah, and three. And they're right in that. The Patriots off, off the chart for the wrong reasons, right? They're right in the mix there now. That's It's a great chart. Okay. It's a good, a good start there. Both really good calls. We, well, we talked about us working together a long time and you know, I can always rely on you, Jay Bell, right? We can rely on each other. That's it. Life doesn't always work that way, right? So there are teams that we figured or may figure right now are going great guns, but are going to fall short. They're going to let us down. (laughs) They're going to come a cropper as the season plays out. Who is the team right now that you think is going to let you down, let us down when all's said and done? Oh, man. You know, this is this is this is a tough one. This is tough. I was thinking about this. And I'm I'm gonna go out on the limb. And I feel like the Dallas Cowboys. Wow, okay. I I just they it's because of what we expect. Sure. It's not it's not about playing well. It's not even about the regular season rock uh uh win loss um record it's about what they do in the playoffs and i'm looking at a team that right now the offense isn't that explosive um very short precise passing game if you can't run the ball and they don't have that balance they can't lean on just a drop back pass game to win games that's tough man that's like when you look at what detroit's doing who Mm -hmm. do you got more faith in sure and it's, do you feel that D- Dallas are quite uh, unreconstructed, quite old school in their offensive outlook compared to what is going on around the league at the moment? Do you think it's a case that they're quite limited in their ambition or do they just not have enough pieces? Even the, look at the red zone for it in particular, right? The red zone is a, a well-documented big issue for them. Is that because they're missing a bruiser like Zeke to bash it in or is it... A kind of is it a broader issue than that with the offense as a whole? Well, when you talk about the red zone specifically, it is about players, and 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 Zeke obviously was productive down there because with that lack of space, 
especially, uh, you know, the safeties can sit down. They don't, nobody has to play anything vertically. Uh, it's about your creativity and it's about your players. Mm -hmm. That's why most teams struggle in the red zone. You got to be creative or you got to have that person that it will just dominate or draw so much attention that it allows other things to open up with your creativity. Uh, the same way you look at what Kansas City is able to do. They always got some kind of trick play or something down there, right? They want you to be thinking about something. And then they got Travis Kelsey. So you got you know you got you got two people on him all the time, but back to the Cowboys. Also, when you look at Kellen Moore and what he's done, I mean, I know he didn't call. Uh, he wasn't calling plays in a way that a, a head coach would like. Meaning, you know how calling plays determined on how the game is, right? Uh, you know, we're up or this team's not going to score. So hey, we can be conservative. You know that kind situation, of situation. Yeah situational awareness he's definitely he was trying to score points mm -hmm. they were scoring points mm -hmm. they were explosive uh, with this almost the same group of characters so you have to say hey the play calling uh the attitude of the play caller the philosophy of it how is it working especially when you have to now be a head coach and manage uh, the temperature of your team on game day. Mm -hmm. I know what he's doing. I, I'll respect all play callers, especially that have been around. But in this conversation, I'm just not seeing what I need to see and what I thought I was going to see out of the Dallas Cowboys offense. You know what I think would be a sneaky good pickup for them before the before the trade deadline is Jerry Judy. I think Jerry Judy could be Amari Cooper Mark II for them. I feel like they need they need another receiver, right? They just need a little bit more strength and depth. And he feels That's like a good a, call. That's a good a, call. I mean, CeeDee yeah, Lamb's a man. Sometimes I don't understand why they don't even force feed him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. That, I mean, you know, some people always say it's a contract year. You got to pay a bunch <laughs> of people. You don't sure. want to make him the man. But CeeDee's that dude. But yeah. sometimes it's like, just throw it to CD, man. Forget everything else. Like, forget progressions. Just feed this dude. Yeah. But, you know, that, that's a fan talking. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I like it, though. I like it. Okay, the Cowboys then, yeah, they, they tend to let us down. Maybe they'll do that again. All right. You may have already mentioned your answer in the other chats we've been having. But next up, the most underestimated coach in the NFL right now. The most underestimated, underrated coach in the league right now. Aaron Glenn, Detroit Lions. You're a buddy, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, people are talking about him. Mm. But I say underestimated because Ben Johnson was getting all the love, mm -hmm. the offensive coordinator. And Aaron, you know, their defense kind of struggled last year. I mean, they kind of, they did struggle. And he changed a lot of the ways he calls the defense. I, I was going to say his philosophy, but I'm not privy to that information. I will say he's doing things differently and it doesn't surprise me because the player Aaron was, he always used to tell me, I remember I was struggling and he said, Hey, when you're struggling, you got to go back to your basics. Like don't press, don't try too hard. Don't do anything different. Go back to how you backpedal, how, how low are you in your backpedal? You know, is your plants right? Or your foot is your foot placement. Correct. Just your basics. And then the best, the good things will happen again. Yeah. And I believe that's what he probably did this offseason. Uh, they're playing fast. They're playing tough. Uh, you know who their guys are. I mean, you watch how Brian Branch is playing as a rookie at, at, at the safety position. And, you know, they use him at the nickel. And you look, you're looking at a guy who can teach defensive backs how to play and coach up every position because he has the experience and he has the humility 
to go back to the table, to the drawing board and readdress whatever he needed to and come back as a better coach. And I just think after this year, he will be on the head coach kind of mm -hmm. uh, conversation circuit because when you when you have a transformation like this, everybody recognizes. It's such a good shout, man. I, I think it's going under the radar because, you know, we're in a – in a in a league that in a world that we obsess with offense and and yeah. fair play to the Lions offense. I mean, and Jared Goff is oh, they're balling. Yeah, yeah, they're rolling. But you're right, the defense year on year, and they made a big call as well, didn't they? Last year they in what about five about this time last season, they got rid of their secondary coach. They got rid of the DB coach, yeah. DB coach, yeah. And uh and that's a huge call. And in that situation, is that obviously Campbell, I guess, has the final say, but Aaron Glenn's going to be involved with that as well, right? You got to you got to have to make tough calls with to friends, colleagues. It's, it's not easy. A lot of times, and that happens, it might not even be the defensive back coach's fault. Mm. You know, they're playing bad, and you got to shake something up. You got to mm. shake the tree. You got to change the room. We all—it's a performance business. We all want to be in this business, and at times, I would say, even as a player. The hardest part was being a backup, a nickel guy, a dime player, because say the starters aren't playing well. They're not going to just pull them. They're going to bring somebody else in to push them in a way or threaten them to fire everybody up. So our job security was kind of based on how they play. And, you know, yeah, yeah. And that could be the same thing as a defensive back coach. Yeah. We're not really good as a secondary. Somebody's got to go. And it's and it's the. That is a vicious circle, man, isn't it? Because you kind of want them to underperform so you get a shot. But if they're underperforming too much and yeah. then it's going to be a full guy, then then you could be yanked as well. You don't want the whole unit to underperform. <laughs> <laughs> right. You want what? to overperform then yeah. instead of them underperforming. And then they're exactly you find that balance. What was Aaron, as a because obviously you play with Aaron Glenn. I think you said to me once he was a quite a mentor to you, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah. Like, yeah. So was it clear to you then that he was going to go into coaching and go the, the route that he's gone? It wasn't clear then because he was, I met him kind of at the height of his career. He had just went to the pro. Well, he come from the jets where he was great, but he went to the pro bowl when he was in Houston and he mm. still had time left. I knew he could coach. I knew he could do whatever he wanted to. He wasn't talking about it then, but it's funny. The two players in my room Jason Simmons and Aaron Glenn, I thought could be coaches, are coaches. Mm -hmm. Jason Simmons is at the Raiders, AG, obviously, in Detroit. And they're guys that you just saw how they could process the information and break it down. And the coaches knew that about them. Now you look back, I mean, Jason Simmons, as soon as he was done, Don Capers was in Green Bay and hired him quickly because he knew, mm -hmm. you know, from corner to safety seamlessly. So, yeah, Aaron – the thing about him that makes sense of this all is the way he would break down tape himself. We have everybody brings us the, the tape. I mean, uh, scouting reports. He would do his own. Hmm. He drew up every route, everything himself. It took hours. He used to get there at six in the morning, have his coffee, be in there breaking it down. Hmm. That's what coaches do. You got to be in love with that process. And AG was. Yeah, that's that's fascinating to hear, and it's so true, isn't it? The, reading the Belichick biography. Just how, and that was kind of old school film as well. When you're literally cutting, <laughs> cutting film. I mean, man, for real, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Okay, that's a great again. You're on fire, J Bell. No surprise so far. All, all. Uh, keep the streak going when you hit 57 seconds. By the way, you gotta keep that form going. All right, let's stay on the coach tip. Which coach do you look at right now and think, 
out of all the current head coaches in the NFL, I think I'd love to have played for him. Ooh, ooh, that's there's a couple right now. Mm. Definitely, I, I, it's easy, but I believe it. Dan Campbell, mm-hmm. uh, and because I was that kind of guy, I was a come to work, grind, and I like coaches that see that in players. They get mm. that. And I played against Dan Campbell, and obviously Aaron Glenn is there. We just talked about it. So I would love, I would love that. I, I think I fit well there. D'Amico Ryan's again. Once just, again, to, just sorry, Jim, but on the, Dan Campbell and that style of coach, that kind of big personality, hyper. You, we all we're watching Hard Knocks, and we want to go and play for him. Let alone the guys in the room. Do you, did that really resonate with you? Were you that? Do you like that style of coach or the kind of more? understated he's probably not going to talk to me much but when he does it means a lot i i like a coach that kind of treats everyone and you treat people differently but tries to have a relationship with everybody that either that's why special teams coaches are good you know Think about, I mean, we know Belichick loves his defense, but he's coached special teams before. Yeah, got a huge. It's kind of hard when you got an offensive coach that just deals with offense. Mm. So that 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 I wouldn't want to play for a guy like that because I didn't play offense. I want someone who might have been a former player and understands the locker room and Mm. doesn't have an ego, you know. And I feel like that's what Dan Campbell would offer. You Mm -hmm. know. doesn't work for everybody but i was a gritty kind of dude like that i think he would have saw me and been like i like you i mm. also like brian dayball from the giants man. yeah yeah i yeah. really like dayball i know it's a tough year but i his vibe works for me mm. and he's an offensive guy you know i just i i really that that just i can vibe with that so yeah, yeah. a couple you know it's interesting i i see that obviously from a different perspective, having not played in the NFL, but you've been around a lot of coaches and just seeing you're right. There are certain, it's just human nature. Right? There are certain characters that you think, yeah, I can, I could follow you. You're a, you know, and you connect with a certain like Pete Carroll is someone I look at and just think, yeah, I would go all the way into the trenches with you. You think of, I remember Vrabel when Vrabel came over as a rookie head coach and they did, we did this like NFL live thing with him and, a bunch of Wesley Woodgett, who we ended up doing the, the oh, radio yeah. broadcast with like a year later and uh, like a bunch of the, the, you know, experienced vets on the team. Uh, it's when Mariotta was still quarterback, I think that. And uh, and it was, so it was Vrabel plus like five players. And you could just tell like this, he just, you could just tell within yeah. seconds, like the respect he had, but the authority he had, that balance just made like no surprise that he is, uh, one of the most established head coaches in the well, they still think underrated as a head coach, but I could uh, play for Brable for sure. That's one of them. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Any, every day, every day. Okay, let's get to an area that you know a little bit about cornerbacks. It's a good, it's a peak era for cornerbacks right now. It is. I love a cornerback, right? I love a present present company, of course, a part of that. But it's a position I love. I love the combination of the drive and the swagger and the dexterity and all of that and hey as you well know i'm a goalkeeper so i love the defensive part of it too so i am i've got my favorites right now what about you give me your favorite cornerback in the league right now and the cornerback that you think has the most upside going forward so that's the highest the highest ceiling could be the same player of course 
Yeah. First of all, I, I'd be interested to hear yours. I, I'm really interested to hear yours. I, I, I really, because because I just want to know where you're coming from. Okay. So the obvious answer, which I think a lot of people would go with, is uh, Source is Source Gardener because of okay. the total package. But the sneaky good player that I think we're forgetting about, uh-huh. because he's injured and he's playing for a team that everybody's written off, is J.C. Horn. I think J.C. Horn is yeah, a, he's hurt though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's exactly. A ball. So he's injured, so he's off the radar right now. But listen, I was looking at his numbers, right? How many yeah. touchdowns do you think J.C. Horn has allowed in in the admittedly short time? What has he been in the year? The league? Two years, J.C. Horn? I think two years. How many touchdowns has he allowed in that time? Uh, uh, tell me. I don't know. Jay- One touchdown. One, <laughs> One touchdown, J.C. Yeah. Horn, sneaky underrated. But yeah, I mean, Pat Sertain, I mean, Mike, oh God, it's a tough call. It's an impossible yeah, I, I, I like, I like to be honest, Pastor Tame, from a technical standpoint, was was my guy, but I just don't respect how they're playing. Mm. You know, like I just don't like it. Mm. So, but if you watch him from a technique standpoint, you're like, mm. oh my goodness, right? He's 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 balling. Yeah. But okay, this year, come on. Yeah. I really, really like Tyson Campbell. Mm-hmm. I like. Tyson Campbell. And you got the, ch- we've seen him up close back to back weeks, yeah. right? As well. So you can, there's nothing beats that, right? Yeah. He's playing like that dude. I mean, Tyson Campbell, the things they're doing with him, they're telling me they believe he's that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I can watch how you call defenses and I'm like, Oh you, yeah. Okay. All right. He's, he's, he's mm. that guy. Now the combination, when you look at, a combo. I mean, the both the corners for the Browns, you know, they, they they're just they're a real deal. Yeah, it, it's happening. Um, and they're I mean, playing so much man as well. Right? I mean, you just you, Shanahan was talking about that. Like we know they're doing that, and they're still almost impossible to break down. Yeah, and they they're, they're doing it. So I like them as a unit. Um, mm. and young guys, um, Devin Witherspoon from the Seahawks. Mm. I mean, it's this kid. We we knew he was going to, I'm talking about for the future. Well, yeah, yeah. He was drafted that high because of his what he can do. But he's showing it, man. Mm. He is really showing it. So I would say he's the up and comer I'm looking at. I like him a lot. But yeah, I look at Cleveland's combo. They got the best. And I'm not saying Tyson Campbell is the best, but man, I respect his game this year. That's a great shot, man. And he was, he was rolling in London, you know, and, and, as well as obviously JC Horn's injured, Jalen Rams, you got to give a shout out to who's not on yeah. the radar right now, but hey, uh, and, and he's a really interesting character as well. I remember I was talking to to Will about Will Gavin about this the other day that we were discussing times when you get players at the right time for J Bo, you know, this all too well, the right time for a one on one interview. And Man. he's got a bit of a reputation, Jalen uh, Ramsey. And he came over here a few. Have you ever, have you ever interviewed him? Have you ever met no. him? So I've met him, but I haven't interviewed He came over a few years ago, and I just got right time, right place, because he was doing this promotional tour, like, you know, promotional thing for the NFL, and was, okay. had his friends with him, was enjoying London. Oh, he's having a good time then. Enjoying it. And uh, he had, I think, a lot of media ops at, for one day, and by the end of it, was understandably a little bit fatigued with it, right? And then we got him the next day. This was the ESPN shoot we did. And he hadn't done anything that day other than rocked up. We did an NFL HQ and it was, he was so relaxed, so animated, so 
it into having a chat. Yeah. It was just one of those moments, but he's a really, really considered guy. And I, I'm fascinated as you know, well, no J bell with that whole duality of the cornerback and the, the ego in the, in the nicest possible way, the need for the having to have that ego, the need for that swagger, right? That fascinates me. It's so unique because think about it. Like you have to have so much belief in yourself and your skills because we know something is going to happen out there that isn't going to go your way. But how you recover, how you respond, how right. do you next play, that has to be a part of your DNA. And you you got to live that. You can't just, you know, you have to. Mm. And the best ones I've been around, they got it. They need it. You better. And if we don't see it in you, we don't believe in you. Mm. So it's, it's so unique. It's so special. And when you look at all position groups in the NFL, there's a certain level of skill you need to have, but the mental makeup of those positions are so real and so unique. And you and I know what they are. We discuss them and we know how important they are because it plays out every week. every yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. For, for sure. And I do, you know, I, I could joke, but I think it's a bit to do with why I love the love cornerback so much is that it, it's the goalkeeping mindset. There's a lot yeah. of similarities that you're on it. You're on your own, you're on your own, kiddo. Uh, okay, so no one's really laying down a marker for MVP, J-Bell, right? Other right. than maybe Tyreek Hill. But yeah, rarely did non-quarterbacks win it, right? So that's going to be, even despite everything incredible that he's doing, that's going to be that's going to be a long shot, I guess. This needs to change. This needs to change. I agree. But Tyreek Hill is the most, this is the most explosive offense in the NFL. Yeah fascinating everyone people are copying what they're doing it all works because of Tyree Hill mm -hmm. his ability to threaten you to stretch you horizontally and vertically allows all those underneath routes to open up all the threats he threatens you in so many ways that you got to counter it and something else is wide open and Mike McDaniel is told to it that's what's going to be open yeah deliver it there you remove yeah. it from the equation the field shrinks meaning we can play tighter we don't have to worry about things it's that's why he's the most important player on that team yeah 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 Playing with christian mccaffrey for the 49ers right what he can do defensive coordinators go i don't i'm scared because i don't know where he's gonna line up and i don't know where debo samuels is gonna line up and because of that i don't even know what defense to run or what personnel group to have in it's just i have no tail and they can do so much McCaffrey is the MVP of that team. Mm -hmm. He, to me, Hill and McCaffrey should be the front runners. Yeah, I know that's not how it is or how it's going to turn out, but the way they've been playing, nobody's been better. I no argument at all for me on that, Jay. But and and you know what? When you weigh in the fact as well, because I guess in the MVP conversation you have to usually come from a contending team, right? Like rarely is the MVP from a team that's won three games. So. The 49ers and the Dolphins are ticking that box. And if they're the most important players on those teams, those go. respected teams, it, yeah, it is logical. Have you got a long shot candidate outside of it that, you know, if it isn't, you know, sneaky pick, like, is that, do we have to go back to the quarterback? Well, is that a kind of, is that a Jared Goff kind of pick? Is Jared Goff, I mean, really? Or, I mean, that, 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 that could be a sneaky pick for sure. It could be Jared Goff. I mean, you know, if you if you can make yourself the number one seed in the division, there you go. I mean, the yeah. number one seed in the conference, and you're the yeah. quarterback. Yeah. There you go. 
you know, you got a chance. Um, so yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, you look at Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, they're not even clicking on all cylinders. They got to find another number two, right? They got to find somebody outside of Kelsey they can lean on. Mm -hmm. But Patrick Mahomes still makes it happen. He still is the guy, right? He stirs the drink. He can make every throw. And he's the person you look at. We got to stop him mm. and attack everything. So, I mean, it's hard to double up, but he could come on strong. Yeah. But Burrow's plan. Burrow could be a sneaky Burrow wouldn't surprise yeah. me if yeah. he came on strong. And, For sure. You know, and every the thing that's going to help Burrow is the fact that the injury, he's healed better, 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 better. Mm -hmm. He progresses and they play better. Everybody will be, he can peak at the right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, it's life is so, so much about that, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, we are peaking on this show. So we got to, we got to rattle through because we're, we're running out of time. We've got to get through a couple more. And then, of course, 57 seconds. All right. So two more for you. And then we'll do 57 seconds. The Super Bowl matchup that you would most like to see, J Bell. It was, it, it's been Kansas City versus uh, the 49ers. Mm. I want to see him healthy. I want to see that. Um, um, I want, I want to, I want to see that game. I started the season with that. I'd love to see it again. It just a lot of storylines, a lot of star power. Um, the way Kansas City's defense is playing now, imagine them having to play this 49ers offense if they're clicking on all cylinders versus that 49ers defense. Oh man, against um Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's just yeah. Oh man. Do you and, like uh, the do you like the rematch vibe? Like the Canelo Triple G kind of trilogy or whatever it would be. I do in this because I want the 49ers to be healthy, right? And but if we're gonna have anybody chase Tom Brady and we get to have this conversation about who's next, who's it gonna be, Patrick Mahomes has to he has to go back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has to go back to back, or 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 we we just can't have the combo. Mm -hmm. So I'm also looking at that angle. <laughs> okay, last one, biggest game this week, arguably of the season, is Miami against Philly. Miami, as we touched on, on point to be one of the greatest offenses we've ever seen. Right? If that now it's still uh, relatively early doors, so let's cool our jets a little bit. But whichever way you cut it, they're incredible to watch. How do you stop it? Bills had success earlier on this season. How do you keep this Miami offense at least in check? All right. So to keep the Miami offense in check, you got to have a good game plan for how you deal with emotions. You have to understand how do you react as a defense to their movements? You got to be able to communicate that. That is the first key. The second is you have to be able to take away the intermediate routes. You have to, it's the way the Bills did it. You got to drop into the to, to those areas. You have to have great awareness. And for that to even play out, you have to put them in third and long. So you got to stop the run. Mm -hmm. So old school football, you got to set the edges. You got to make sure they cannot do all that stuff laterally to you. This is what Bill Belichick used to do. This is why he had the big dudes on the edge. They set the edge. You are not running outside on them. Um, you see it when it happens to Bill. If you're running on the edges, he just sticks another guy at the line of scrimmage, and he's like, we're going to stop that. We are. Gonna, I'm going to put everybody in man-to-man -man coverage so this ends. Mm. So that's the key. I say all this 
you have to have the players that can do it. Right. You have to have the people that you can utilize that have that skill set. But you need to make them a one-dimensional team that has to throw the ball and cannot use their misdirection to their advantage. Yeah. You have enough film work to look at it and kind of know their staples, 80% of it. They're going to have their wrinkles. They're 20%. They're 10% in the game that you've never seen. But their core stuff, you have to study it and have a plan for their movements. You know, just on that, last one, follow up on the, this quickly, on the movement and the misdirection and the game for bringing those three things together or those those points together, is that going to be a problem for the Dolphins the more the season goes on? Because McDaniels talked about this saying, well, last season I was trying out a lot of stuff. I knew it was a work in progress. Statistically, they're using more motion than anyone's ever done before. It's insane how much they're doing that. But can they, will that, ultimately catch them out with defenses the best ones anyway will they catch up with them by the time we get to the playoffs remember our conversation about Tyreek Hill earlier <laughs> mm -hmm. doesn't matter when you got him it doesn't matter right you know no. what's coming and he can't stop it anyway right you, you, you might know what's going on but if you can get him in a situation where he's got an advantage there you go you mm -hmm. got the player so he he changes your math and if you allow him to do that and, and allow them to have manageable down and distances, Mike McDaniel is going to eat your life because yeah. all the play designs are going to work. You have to force him into negative plays. You have to stop the run. You have got to. And obviously you can't let Tyreek beat you. So you got to be able to cover everybody else. You got to put people in man-to-man -man situations and they got to hold up because it's a simple math game. You're mm -hmm. not man-to-man -man Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have to constantly change the pitcher, I call it. When he drops back, things are going to have to constantly change on Tua. You're going to you're gonna have to hide where's Waldo. Where are you leaving that one guy <laughs> by himself? You're going to have yeah. to continue to hide him. Yeah. Every, every place somebody's going to have to have the hard job. But mm -hmm. you don't want them knowing who that guy is. So mm -hmm. your, your job as a coordinator is to hide that person. While mm -hmm. always taking care of Tyreek Hill. Yeah, my God. You know, Andy Reid was... Um master at this wasn't he in, in that kind of iteration of it and obviously with hill as a part of that offense and belichick talking about that saying you just don't know where where they're going to come from next you know it's going to come but you're just not you're always second guessing it. incredible stuff and i always remember when mcdaniel got the gig and you knew a bit about him because obviously he was in that shanahan mix and you know but he kind of early on is he up for being a a head coach has he got what's I remember you and OC you early doors you both said this guy I think Jamie you were like this you, you just bought into him straight away you're like, there's something about this guy like he's very unorthodox kind of left field geeky and you you guys were all in early on you were like yeah yeah this he's gonna be fine he's gonna be just no, fine man. yeah he was him he's himself the dude is himself and yeah. that's the thing about a locker room just be yourself if you are anything else you treat people different you act different we see it, man, it's the animal kingdom. We're like, we're not, we got no time for this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we do have time for 57 seconds, Jay, about to wrap things up. Are you feeling set? Are you feeling confident? I, I, I'm going to give this a go, man. 57 seconds, it's a lot of stress. I mean, the, it's getting dark out here, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mean, okay. you know. <laughs> you can nail, you can be fine. All right, Shane Vereen, just to give you some kind of context, spent about, we actually had to stop recording because he really wanted to get in the zone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he spent four or five minutes taking it up. Okay, he was he was good. He, he I think Phoebe's top of the top of the uh, leaderboard. So he got seven to beat, Jay, about 57 seconds. And the time starts now. 
Which former teammate would you most want alongside you in a bar fight? Antonio Pierce. Oh, 100%. I'm giving a point for that. The number one draft pick in the 2024 draft goes to who? Which team? Chicago Bears. Yeah, I'll give you a point for that as well. Who said the following? To live in the past is to die in the present. Was it Bill Belichick, Lester Freeman from The Wire, or Taylor Swift? Freeman. Bill Belichick. (laughs) What college did OC play ball? Troy. Correct. In 2012, uh, sorry, in 2002, 2002 season, you led the Texan special teams in tackles, despite the fact you missed three games of that regular season. How many tackles did you make? 21. 14. The best dressed person in sports broadcasting is? Me. Yes, James. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. 57 seconds. You know what? I'm going to give you a bonus bonus, uh, question, all right? All right. Because we hit it right on 57 seconds, so... Who would play you in a movie? Oh my gosh. Oh. Come on, J Bell. Who would play me in a movie? Man, I would say Will Smith, but I can't do yeah, that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not the best. I mean, I can't do that years. anymore. The redemption uh, story, the redemption arc in a few years' time, he'll be good. He'll be back. He'll be good. I know. Who would play me in a movie? Uh, young actor, man. Uh, Donald Glover would be good. I could see Donald Glover. I like Donald Glover. Donald Glover could take I'll go with that. Out. Yeah, go yeah, with that. Glover, we'll go with Donald. Because he's fresh. I like him. There you go. I'll give you that. And I'll give, seeing as it was my suggestion, I'll give the points to Jay, but I don't know. I've lost count. The boys will work that out and we'll push that on social. You might be on top of the leaderboard. Who knows? We'll find out. I'm sure the suspense is killing you, killing you there. But hey, fine work. I can't believe you got the question about yourself wrong. That was incredible. Uh, I I had 21 tackles, but it must have been the year before. Hey, I might be wrong. Don't trust the research on this show, by the way, by any stretch. Tackles are hard to come by, so I'm with that. You were still top of the table, man. Jay, and your top of our table is great to see you, man, as ever. The hour has just flown by. Oh, can chat to you all day long. Great to see you, man. Catch up with you very soon, I hope. I appreciate it, my friend. Good times as always. Jay, take care, bro. See you soon. All right, man. Brilliant stuff from Jay Bell. Guarantee he will be back very soon. Always a pleasure catching up with him. The time just flies and I hope you enjoyed it. Wherever you're listening to it, uh, wherever you're checking out the show, we appreciate your support. We got a lot more coming your way this week. How about this? A special edge rush, me propo, and a very special guest this Friday. How about them apples? FFS dropping as well, so keep your eyes and ears peeled. I never remember which one I meant to say there, but hey, I roll. You know what it is. Hey, that's another five pounds in the Shelter Charity Boxer. Who cares, quite frankly? Uh, Show us some love over on the pod platforms if you're enjoying the show at The NC Show. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, slash X, TikTok, and YouTube as well. Go get involved in YouTube. We'll put some of the J-Bell video up on there. So go and enjoy that. Appreciate your support. Check in soon. Bye for now, gang. Podcast Network.